Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of James by looking at James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. As we read through this section, it's easy to think of all the people that have ever hurt us with their words, Uh, whether they've made life more difficult for us or they've attacked us. We know that people can create a lot of problems with their words. We may even be reminded of times when we stuck our own foot in our mouth and created problems for ourselves or for others because of what we said. But notice how James begins this section. He's talking about teachers. He says not many of you should be teachers. He's acknowledging that not many people are qualified for teaching others. And he seems to make the case that the top priority is whether or not someone can control their tongue. And he's not talking about whether or not you can force yourself not to say what you're really thinking. He's talking about folks who have a heart for God. James says our words reflect what is on our heart. If the things on our heart reflect the word of God, then we can rest assured that our words will never cause someone to stumble. These are the people who should be our teachers. They should want to teach and they should be eager to teach. And they're the people that we should be willing to listen to. Too often in our time, we're drawn to a speaker based on his delivery or the performance that surrounds the speech that he's making. But James lets us know that it's important to listen to people who, when they speak God's word, it is genuinely a reflection of the things that are on their heart. 
So here James gives instruction to teachers about the Word of God and about the words that reflect what's on their heart. The instruction here is good for all of us. But as we look at this text a little more closely, let's make sure that we're not only applying this to our day-to-day conversations, but we understand James is teaching us about who should teach and who we should listen to as teachers. In the first part of this text, James references horses and being led with a bridle. Later on, James says no one's been able to tame their tongue. So James lets us know that the first step in being able to control our tongue so that we can control our whole body and our life is to give that control or that bridle to God. Let God take the reins. We haven't been able to tame our tongue, but with God's help and God's power, our tongues can be controlled and we can become a perfect man. That's that same phrase from chapter one, being perfect. And it came up again in the last episode. And it has to do with growing up or being mature, becoming what we were intended to be. So in James's analogy, if we let God take the reins, that means that we're speaking according to his word and we're speaking with wisdom, with maturity. But we're also speaking that word with humility because we've surrendered to God's direction, his leading, and we're not promoting ourselves or our own agenda. Then James says that the tongue defiles the body. He says in verse 6 that the tongue is set among all the other members of our body, and it stains the body by setting a fire that will determine the course of our life, and that fire comes from hell. The word hell there is Gehenna, and it is the name of the trash dump outside of Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus used it as an analogy for uh, what it's like to be separated from God for eternity. And here James picks up on the same language and says that when the things in our heart are, are just a trash heap, it sets our life on fire and consumes us. If there's garbage in our hearts, garbage is going to come out of our mouths, and it's going to set us on a path that leads to destruction. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. Words reveal our heart and the intent of our action. We can't hide those very long. At some point, what we're doing and how we're acting has to line up with the things that we're saying. And if those actions line up with garbage that's in our lives and in our heart, then they're contradicting the words of God that we speak and creating a stumbling block for others. So James urges his readers, especially the people who are teachers, to make sure that the words that come from your heart and the words of God are consistently the same. He says we can't praise God and then put down the people that bear his image. That just doesn't make sense. Those two aren't consistent. If we're using our words to tear down people, we're also tearing down the God who created them. So we can't turn around and talk about how great God is. I'm sure many of you have seen on social media folks who in one post will talk about the greatness of God and the blessings that he's made, and in the very next post will be spewing vitriol, tearing people down, spreading gossip, maybe even telling something that's dishonest in order to make themselves look better. Those aren't consistent. 
our words are not praising and honoring God. They're not the words of God if they're coming out of a mouth that tears down his people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Paul wrote, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Paul says, don't use your words to tear people down. Use your words to extend grace. We've talked about the word grace in other episodes of this podcast, and it's unmerited favor or to do a favor for someone who doesn't deserve it. How do people feel when they talk to us? According to Paul, after speaking with us, after having a conversation with us, people should feel like we've done them a favor. And then we get to verse 11, where James contrasts fresh and salt water. He says both of those can't come forth from the same opening. And the words there for fresh and salt literally are sweet and bitter. It was a way of describing fresh water versus salt water, but we may be better able to see the point James is trying to make when we use the word sweet and bitter, because the bitterness that we pour out on people is not neutralized by saying sweet words to God. We can't demean people and honor God with the same mouth. Our heart is betraying us. It's causing us to say words to people that tear those people down, those image bearers of God, and by extension, the creator of those people. We don't make it better just by saying nice words in a prayer or at a worship service. This is a tough enough concept for us to grasp on our own. But unfortunately, too often, we are being led or taught by people who have bitterness in their heart, who say things that tear other people down, all while praising God, or maybe even claiming that it's in the name of God. But James lets us know here that that's just not possible. If there's bitterness in you towards other people, then that bitterness is keeping you from becoming the person that God wants you to be. It's keeping you from bearing the fruit that God intends you to bear. And it's why James says a fig tree can't bear olives or a grapevine produce figs. If we use our words to tear down others, we're not producing the fruits of the Spirit. The thoughts of our hearts produce our words. Our words produce our actions. Our actions define who we become. James has been making these points through the first two-plus chapters of his letter, and he lets us know here that the key to steering the ship that is our lives through the murky waters of this world and being able to arrive at our home port for eternity with God depends not on our ability to force the rudder into place or or by sheer force of will bridle our tongues. It's giving the reins over to God and letting Him lead our lives. And that's enhanced when we choose teachers to listen to, to be led by, who model these same principles. And those who would teach, remember that at its core, this is a warning from James about how our words can become a stumbling block for others that can steer them on the wrong path, that can set a dumpster fire in their lives because we're not genuine when we speak the words of God. Our heart betrays us. Our desire for self-promotion is greater than attracting people to God. 
Our desire to get what we want is greater than providing what other people need. That gets in the way of people finding God. And James says that just can't be allowed. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.